0: Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast.
1: Kia Catherine. Happy
0: golden week. <laughs> yes happy golden week isn't it well, such good weather that's
1: beautiful oh. i have been watching the news reports for days as they pick apart the weather is it gonna be okay for golden week on a <laughs> daily basis and just to check and see, no it's actually gonna be fine yeah it's okay. that's lovely isn't
0: it and they also report the traffic going north and the traffic Oh, i'm so excited south. by the
1: traffic jam reports it's it's, every it's like,
0: single time there's a mm-hmm. holiday it's a traffic jam
1: report okay. yeah so how about that the pandemic is officially over in japan finally yes.
0: anyone listening to this in new zealand will go what what didn't that happen a little while ago yeah no, no. over here it's been going and going and you know still daily reports every morning in HK.
2: how many people is, have COVID? how yes. many
0: people got COVID yesterday mm. how yep. many people in each city each region and you're thinking someone's counting those up because we know they're getting them by fax and someone is counting those up they're not electronic don't think but (gasps) it's been a long long time years for the people Mm -hmm. who
1: have to deal with this which is the public servants and especially the local hockey in each city and i know someone who does this job just insane workload that they have had to deal with yeah Yeah. thank you to them summer and Mm.
0: As you were saying, though, from the 8th of May, all of those uh, recordings, restrictions into Japan are lifted, right? Yeah. It's just bliss.
1: Well, actually, there was a fun little thing that came out saying,
0: surprise, we've
1: decided to not require PCR Mm -hmm. tests or proof of vaccination a week early. And that was last Friday. And that was just before Golden Week they released that to I guess smooth the return of the many, many, many people who'll be travelling overseas in Golden Week. But they really waited till the last minute to say that. And then sort of like rushed out the doors to <laughs> not have to answer any of the phone calls of angry people, I'm sure. Yeah. Who prepared themselves for I mean, back to Japan if they needed a PCR test or something. so
0: That's right. You reminded me that was April 28th, that Friday, and mm-hmm. it came out. I was like, wow, gosh, okay, so all these people who had already booked PCRs if they hadn't ever been vaccinated mm. had to uh, just didn't have to do it, right? They could yeah. release that from their checklist to do. And, yeah, so finally Japan is now uh, you don't have to enter with a PCR test or a vaccination certificate. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah, it must be so, going to be smooth, hopefully. Oh my God. Imagine all those people at Narita and at Haneda going, airports going, oh my goodness, what do we do now? We used yeah. to stand here and wait for people to come and, through. They can go back to regular all, jobs.
1: All, all around that that maze inside the airport. I remember the scrutiny when we came back mm. from Sweden, just the scrutiny of my PCR tests and things. I'm like, oh my God, are they going to let me in the country? Am I going to be separated from my family? None of that anymore. Wahoo for that. Mm. Oh my God. And so, you know, here in Fukushima though, you wouldn't really know. People are still masked to the hilt, and my kids go to school, and my son reported the other day, four people in my class are not wearing masks now. It was <laughs> just him yeah, for a while there.
0: <laughs> well, in Tokyo, it's definitely different. Um, taxi drivers are wearing their masks, but pet passengers are not. I'm not mm. wearing mine. Uh, I feel a bit like a rebel but actually it's all right and I don't need to. I have it sort of holding it, so it's like I've got it mm-hmm. in case you tell me I have prepared to wear Prepare to be I'm prepared if you need it. Yeah, needed. but right. not wearing yeah. it and it feels quite liberating. And I it know New Zealand, you're way ahead of us, I know, but actually it's quite, cool now to know that we're not having to do that. So when you arrive into Japan, you're going to be pleasantly surprised that you can walk around, of course, always, as usual, be courteous. And if someone says we wear masks in this meeting, or you can see that people are then perhaps do it and 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 ask for, you know, ask for permission to take it off. Mm. If it's that kind of business situation, Mm. there's still that you come across. But basically, you know, it is lifting and I can see the easing around town. That is for sure. Hmm, I can't see the easing around here, but mm. nobody has complained to
1: me about me choosing to not wear a mask. So okay. everyone's sort of respected or giving everybody's you choices. Nobody's given me a look. I really couldn't care, but um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not putting my mask back on, unless I have to, right? Unless it's a hospital yeah. or something, then I would, I do. But yeah, yeah, actually, people are just sort of getting on with doing what they want to do. And I think that's this is where we want to be, right? People yeah. just doing what they actually want to do. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: Also, just noticing a lot more tourists around town. I'm hearing mm. uh, groups speaking Mandarin, or maybe it is another language that I'm hearing as well. So the groups are coming back, which is kind of half sad, but also, yay, it's good to have the tourists come back and spend some, mm. some dosh here as well, which is great to see. Uh, yeah. Japan is back. Uh, yeah. it never really Oof. went away, but it's definitely back on track. I can say that as, much, as far as Tokyo is concerned. Mm. We're all ikishiteru. Um, yeah that's great and well and living in Tokyo yeah yeah right so who do we have on the show this week for our listeners oh yes yeah. so we've got Yoshi Fumi Imamura who is at GNS uh, GO40 he was previously at NZTE he's got a bunch of stuff that we didn't even know ourselves mm. Jane we're getting educated for the last 12 13 14 months now doing the podcast but yoshi Fumi brought it there was a lot of interesting nuggets and information in this episode
1: yeah i was very very surprised some of the things he said so i can't wait for you all to hear this and especially if you might be thinking geothermal energy i don't care about that well i think you should because new zealand is a leader in this who knew that new zealand is a leader in geothermal energy wow let's
0: hear it let's hear it
1: the Jandals in Japan podcast it's great to have you on the show today
2: thank you very much Jane and Kathleen to uh, make me join your fantastic and lovely podcast I'm very honored to be here So. Such
1: beautiful words. and Most usually, our guests don't say such great things. When we <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, Japanese. Yeah, um, I'm always
2: thinking. Um, think uh, my one. brain is always um, thinking Japanese way. So,
1: yeah. What yeah. is that? Tell us. What are you always thinking? You're always thinking of ways to give a compliment to someone.
2: Else? Yeah, yeah. Um, Japanese tend to be uh, say thank you and sorry, so easily. Right. You're always looking for a way to say thank you <laughs> yeah. and sorry. Yeah. It's a bit of funny, but uh, sometimes I, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yeah i appreciating these things, but I say thank you and sorry almost automatically. That's the right. Japanese way of thinking. There we go, a
1: little cultural insight for us at the start of the episode. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. So anyway, let's get to our warm-up question. And today, our question is, tell us your favorite onsen in Japan. I heard you like onsen, right? The hot springs.
2: Yeah, I must say uh, the best onsen uh, I love is kusatsu. (laughs) Oh, I thought you might yeah. say yeah. Um yeah. I should say there are so many um, beautiful and good onsens. But yes. for me personally, uh, kisatsu is the best because that is closer to, relatively close, closer to my home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Always that, important, yes. Yeah, yeah, is in Guma Prefecture. Mm. And uh, we can go there by cars or buses in three to four hours. Mm. Oh. And and also, um, Kusatsu sense uh, hot spring water is very beautiful, very hot and good for Japanese. And Ksatsu town itself is uh, beautiful. And especially if we go there during winter, uh, we can see beautiful mountains covered by snow. And... Oh this atm- atmosphere of very cold circumstances and hot spring gives us very good combination and yeah. make yeah. us very comfortable. And in Japan, there are so many uh, onsen. So if we lived in Western part, uh, I might say Gero, Gero Onsen, which Gero is onsen. in Gifu mm-hmm. Prefecture. Mm-hmm. And if I were in Kyushu, yeah, of course, uh, Beppu, um, yeah. sister yeah. city of New Zealand <laughs> Rotorua. Is one of the best. So yes, yeah, yeah, we are. uh, Japanese are very lucky since we are very close to these onsens.
1: Yeah, and they all have their different sort of personalities, don't they? The kind of water they have, or you know, the kind of things that they're good for. That's so right. You can really, so some New Zealand people maybe can't imagine why you would go to all of these different onsens. Isn't it just hot water? But no, it's a different experience in each place. So you can really enjoy, once you get to know it, the more you in you can enjoy it, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah and I think some people listening might hear you say very hot and, and they may have had experience of onsen and think, Oh, aren't they all hot? But you said very hot. So perhaps that's even, you know, 40 something degrees, 42, 43, 44. Mm. Maybe really, really hot.
2: Yeah, Japanese tend to love uh, hotter water, but uh, it's not that hot. Uh, But 40 something just. Yeah, it will be over
1: 42, right? 42 is kind of the sort of average. I'm so used
0: to it being hot now. Even at home when I've got the shower water or the bath water, mine's really set at a hot temperature. I better not disclose what it is, but it's more than than 43. (gasps) Yeah. Wow. I love it really, really hot. Yeah. Mm. Have you got a favorite onsen, Catherine? Oh, well, I have to. Of course, you're going to talk about up where you live, I'm sure. But, and of course, I love those onsens that you've um, Mm. introduced me to up there. But I just... In the neighborhood where I am, um, in Nishiyazabu, just near Rapongi Hills, there is a new complex opening up soon called Teruma. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's based on like Roman thermal mm-hmm. pools. And it looks like it's a number of different kinds of pools inside this building. And it's supposed to open in April. And so I can't wait to see what that is like. Like mm-hmm. it's literally 100 meters from me.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking
0: forward to that opening, and that may become one of my, you know, new favourites, Jane.
1: Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, it might right. be, I wonder where they'll get their water from, it, must, it might be a jinko onsen maybe. It might
0: be a jinko onsen, but it'll be interesting mm. to try. How about you? Of course it's your hometown's areas, yes? Well, yes, also I quite like
1: misasa onsen in Tottori, mm. oh, misasa. which is, is quite... Um, yeah, it's, an, it's another beautiful area where you can sit outside and enjoy. I think that's what I really like is somewhere where you can enjoy the outdoor bath, right? So mm-hmm. you're sitting outside, it's cold, but you're sitting in this beautiful hot water and you can really enjoy looking at the scenery, whether it's snow or autumn leaves. In summer, not so much, but the great thing about taking a hot spring in summer Is that it feels really cool once you get out of the hot spring, right? If you've been in the Mm. 42, 43 degree bath and you walk outside, you go, oh, it's not so hot out here. (laughs) It feels quite cool coming out of the onsen. So a lot of New Zealanders wouldn't think of going in a hot bath on a summer's day when it's 32 degrees outside, but it's actually quite refreshing. refreshing quite yeah. refreshing
2: mm. Mm.
0: it's like they recommend having a hot drink on a cold day actually refreshes you more than a cold drink that's what they do in India apparently uh, hot drinks on hot days yeah. yes hot drinks yes. on hot days is that what I said did I say no. cold days yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway I think we know yeah. what you're trying to say there. thank Catherine.
0: you yeah I mean hot drinks on hot days exactly yep. thank you so you much well mm. Yoshi Yoshifumi Imamura welcome yep. to the show again and you, you know you are now the country manager at uh, New Zealand Crown Research Institute, oh, GNS yeah. and GO. Is it GO40?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but you had a long time working also at NZTE for about yeah. nine years, mm. or from nine years ago, right? Mm. And so yeah. we're really interested to have you on the show and talk about your experiences there and how you've helped New Zealand companies and what you're doing now. So we've got a bio for you and we will put that in our show notes for later so that we can, everyone can read up about you. But tell us a bit about your background and, you know, your inspiration or your energy to take up this GNS role, GO 40 role as well. Um, and what kind of work you do for them in Japan now?
2: Um, Thank you very much, Yeah, I'm a a Japan country manager for both uh, New Zealand Crown Research Institute, uh, GNS Science, and a private company, uh, Geo40. My mission is uh, launching uh, their businesses in Japan and make them uh, sustainable. And it is just a start. I started this um, responsibility since June last year, and just nine months has passed but I'm trying to make it uh, successful uh, as soon as possible. It may be a little bit longer answering your question, but um, I have aspiration aspiration to uh, make a bridge between uh, two countries to, uh, with different cultures. Mm. My career started from a trader in Japanese Sogo Shosha Trading Company, mm. uh, Itochu. And Mm. uh, I always want to be a bridge between different countries and Japan. Mm. And uh, connecting New Zealand and Japan, this is something that I want to do. And uh, Japan and New Zealand are quite uh, similar countries uh, in just geological topologies. And the business related to GeoSama is something that uh, we can do more. So... Mm. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm here and I'm working for uh, two organizations. You're in the right place
1: and you're on the right podcast with wanting to build bridges between New Zealand and Japan. That's one of our mokyo, one of (laughs) our goals for this podcast as well. So tell us a little bit more about what is going on with the geothermal business between New Zealand and Japan. I don't think many people know about this. What's happening?
2: As everybody knows, in general, society, yeah, global society, want to shift um, fossil energy, summer uh, electricity uh, society to mm. uh of energy, uh, sustainable energy or electricity. And in Japan, uh, Japanese government is making effort to shift a um, uh, fossil energy-dependent uh, el- electricity status into uh, new energy electricity uh, generation. At this moment, electricity from geothermal in Japan is just 0.3%, mm. and trying to make it uh, three fourths to 1% One 2030. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, on the other hand, are you aware... In New Zealand, how many percent of no. electricity is from Ooh. geothermal? No idea. Question.
0: Mostly yeah. hydro, but geothermal is probably getting close. Maybe... I'm going to check out the number 5%. Oh, okay.
2: 20%. Yeah, uh, Kathleen is true. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Most really? of electricity from New Zealand are generated by hydro, hmm. which is 50. 50. 50. Geothermal mm-hmm. is second largest chunk. And it is about about 20%. Oh. 20% of New Zealand electricity is from Josama. And that capacity is twice as big as Japanese. Really? Yeah, Japan is, yeah, while we are speaking, hot spring and onsen talk mm. in the beginning of this mm. uh, episode, uh, Japan is quite a rich country. Yeah. But, um uh, Japanese are not, are making free use of the right. Uh, mm. right to electricity. Mm. So that's why Japanese government is trying to make an effort and they're looking for uh, every support and less assistance from the society. And mm. uh, Japanese government is also spending uh, a lot of taxes for making it a boost. New Zealand is a good country to share its experience and technology and also science its knowledge for the growth of Japanese geothermal mm-hmm. because New Zealand had been making effort for this. And did you know New Zealand invented a good system of mm-hmm. uh, geothermal and uh, we started world fast for geothermal developments from no what we call water dominated wells.
1: Yeah hey. <laughs> hey. oh. I mean wow. um,
2: in, in the world it was Italian who started yes. geothermal power station past in the mm-hmm. world. But mm-hmm. right. their Italian wells are steam dominated wells we call it. Oh, okay. So when we dig the well in Italy that is only steam is coming up. But right. in Japan and New Zealand, That's we came up from hot water as well. Right. And that hot water damages um, electricity generation turbine, this sure. mm. So we had to separate hot water and steam. Mm. So we couldn't do that. But in New Zealand, Kiwi did it <laughs> in oh, 1955. I'm getting chills.
0: 1955. In
2: yeah, wow. It wasn't nice. six years ago. Yeah, that Amazing. was an invention. Amazing. <gasps> and because of that, Japanese also could generate electricity from geoserma. Mm-hmm. And Japanese first geoserma power plant was built in 1966, mm-hmm. which is which was eight years later than New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So New Zealand started uh, this geoserma power station from... Hot water dominated mm. eight years faster than Japan and grown mm. twice as mm. big <laughs> as Japanese that.
0: The kind of senpai. Wow. the sort of yeah. elder in this relationship on the geothermal. Wow. That's right.
2: Yeah. and I, actually, it. I, if I say correctly, Japanese and in the beginning, uh, Japanese did catch up uh, technology. And it was a really time period which Japanese and the New Zealand QE's are, are competing together. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, in Japan, in 1990s, uh, josama uh, power plants development had been stopped because mm-hmm. the Japanese government focused on nuclear power for wow, wow. two decades <laughs> yes, yes, since 1990s. Right.
1: right. That was what has stopped the right. development of the geothermal was of focusing more on the the nuclear That's power. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. They got distracted yeah. by the yeah. that, and, and we know yeah. how that turned out, don't we? <laughs> now, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
2: And during that time, New Zealand capacity exceeded yeah. Japan. Mm. And I think, yeah, uh, today, uh, Japanese government has changed. Its policy direction, Mm -hmm. and of course, uh, they are looking for Joe again, Mm -hmm. and this is a situation. So, yeah, um, Mm -hmm. in my uh, small capacity, I can be um, works better for Japanese government, and as well as good for trade to New Zealand as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm yeah I'm doing very exciting. Yes, yeah, yeah. this is exciting. <laughs> a great
0: place, great time. It's yeah, perfect timing.
2: As a Japanese, I should be humble, but uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it is. It is very. Really, uh, We're really glad time. to hear
0: you say that that you're excited and that it is mm. a great time and you're really enjoying it because that's what it's about. If you bring your passion to your work and you really love this, uh, yeah. it's shining through and it's going to really help New Zealand and Japan. Have this bridge on geothermal,
2: yeah. Um, Fantastic. I think I can be a bridge, but yes. um, uh, at the same time, uh, what I'm thinking is I shouldn't be a bottleneck between two countries because I'm only one person here to work for this GNS. So, i um, as a business, I'm always trying to make it uh, something bigger. So, yeah. if uh, what I'm doing today goes better, uh, of course, I want to invite uh, expatriates from. Uh, New Zealand, as well. Um, mm-hmm. There are good scientists mm. in that country. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it is good to invite them and mm. working together with me. Yes.
1: Well, we're excited to hear your mm-hmm. dreams for the future here. Yeah. And like opportunities for scientists in New Zealand are very sort of thin on the ground, I feel. So yeah, it's great if that you can work together with scientists from New Zealand and scientists from Japan and everybody wins. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: You can do it. Yeah, we talked Ooh. a lot about onsen at the beginning, hot pools, and a lot of that area in Japan is regulated. There are lots of rules in the way that you can use the water. So is part of your job now to try and expand Japan's Uh, percentage up to 1% by 2030. Is that to try and work with the onsen owners, work with the government to try and help more of the New Zealand knowledge and expertise, help them to broaden their mind? Is that what you are also doing here?
2: Yeah, I can do that aspect as well. Um, yeah. Mainly, um, GNS science and Geoforia as well are good for uh, subsurface sciences, sciences, technologies. Yeah. And yeah. our strength is uh, making underground subsurface situation visible. And in fact, we cannot go into underground to 2,000 meters or 3,000 meters physically, right? So mm. we should analyze or speculate. And that is a part how science can make it happen. But at the same time, we look at the other aspects like legitimate legal things and also uh, doing good with community. Mm. And in mm. that aspect as well, New Zealand could improve last mm. decades and in the beginning, uh, there are objections in New Zealand as well, landowners or mm-hmm. uh, in New Zealand as well, hot spring owners. So mm-hmm. these, these people had objections for geothermal in the beginning, but uh, we changed the society's mind in New Zealand for mm-hmm. supporting geothermal developments. Right. So we could do mm-hmm. that kind of thing in Japan as well. And in fact, in Japan, there are no geothermal role in this country, although we have onsen, protecting onsen laws in Japan. So I think um, uh, growing geothermal electricity in Japan is challenging. And from that uh, social system aspect, uh, Japan should change. And New Zealand could do Uh, Something uh, or uh, we could share the experience with Japanese as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not just the technology as well. It's how does this work with the with the people who who have these resources? Yeah, and how that affects their lives, and do they even want this? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even though the government says we need it, yeah, right. To get them on
2: side too is important. Yeah. And good thing of GNS is. Um, there, there is a place called K Research uh, Center, mm-hmm. and in that place there are such different uh, specialists in one place mm. in that research center, mm-hmm. and uh, these scientists can get together and they can discuss a different aspect of some uh, be- of developments, and they can conclude good and right um, uh, things. Uh, by discussion, that is also different. And in Japan, there are so many different scientists in Japan, just big country, but um, I should say New Zealand is quite concent- uh, concentrated in mm. one place and discussing each other. And I was in the Research Institute last month and found that there is a space cafeteria, And they can get together every day for morning tea and afternoon tea as well. In that cafeteria, there is um, a table tennis corner or some pool bar Hmm. and also wines as well. So they
0: communicate over lunch and over little table tennis and sport. They're always together sharing information.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. uh, a few decades ago in California, uh, in IT companies are doing such things in California, yeah. right? Mm. But uh, New Zealand had been doing such things for decades. <laughs> natural. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I very natural. Right?
0: Natural to us. So in Japan, yeah. are you saying in Japan, maybe not the opportunity for all the scientists to be together?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Japanese, uh, we like formal and very sh- always serious. And we have a uh, association or conference a mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. but that's very formal. Mm. By getting together, um, yeah, we yeah, of course, we are sometimes drinking, but uh, most of the times that is very, very, very formal. Yeah. Sure. But, yeah. But, I think
0: at one of those mm. conferences, you presented a paper. Yeah. About the way it's done in New Zealand.
2: Yes. Uh, in. Uh, Japanese Geosama uh, Researchers Association. Yes. Um, the association has a annual conference, and I'm, I'm always trying to share right. uh, what uh, Q is doing good job. <laughs> that, does that so,
0: Does that association have a mascot? Because most <laughs> lots of associations have mascot, right? Like a
2: oh. <laughs> you or something. You I Oh no, uh, yeah, I see. Too think bad. That is a very Maybe good idea. it
0: needs an, a character that mm. might change the atmosphere a bit.
2: I see. Oh, that's yeah, very good why idea. don't you suggest
0: that? But you, oh. may, you must have so many <laughs> Kiwis coming here, too. What do the Kiwis think when the scientists come here and they see Japan? What do they not know about Japan or get surprised about when they arrive here?
2: Yeah, I, I assume a Kiwis in New Zealand does not know. What is Japanese? Actually, I think they feel some challenge to communicate with Japanese. But uh, when they come to Japan, uh, Japanese are always trying to communicate with them, although our English is not very perfect and very natural. But they are trying to help Kiwis um, as well. And that is same as what they are doing in your country as well, right? So mm-hmm. probably in the end of the day, I believe QE's find Japanese are the same nature as QE are doing. Yeah, they will see some similarity maybe yeah. in uh, Japanese, maybe. Yeah. maybe.
0: You had quite a bit of time before GNS and geo 40 at NZTE. New Zealand mm. Trade Enterprise mm. in Tokyo. How was that experience for you? Any insights or tips that you have learned from those days that could help Kiwi people from the way that you did the business, introduced business then over those years?
2: Uh, some uh, Kiwis are trying to run uh, Japanese uh, before they come. I, I mean, uh, for the business manner as well, they read Japanese books and are trying to follow Japanese way, and that makes sometimes a little bit funny, but um, in the end of the day, um, we, sh- we, sh- we should understand we are the same, we are the same nature, and uh, also uh, having said that, I-, I hope both countries should respect the other's uh, uh, culture as well, so if we don't forget respect for the others, mm. I think that is good. I, mm. I hope I'm, I'm answering your question. Mm. But.
0: Mm. It's really important, very basic, but mm. sometimes overlooked point is to just keep the mutual respect. It's not about learning yeah. the language so much. It's about respecting the culture. And so I think one of the other things you've managed to do here, Yoshifumi, is to find an office. You found an office space and you're there working. How do you find a space to work? from a physical space in Japan. So maybe if there's some New Zealanders who want to come here and they don't just want to come in and out, but they'd like to find the space to have their business here, what would you recommend that they do to do that?
2: Yeah, uh, probably I'm answering something funny, funny thing. But um, I'm speaking name card. Uh, We Japanese Mm. love to exchange name card and Mm. we must put uh, physical location here, right? Yes. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I'm aware many QE's company doesn't have, doesn't put their office location here. So in order to be, get trust or credibility from the other end of Japanese, I think New Zealand companies should have a physical location, office location here in Tokyo or, or here in Japan, any, any place in Japan. Yeah,
1: that's a great and,
2: point. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, exchanging na- exchanging name card is first thing we should do in this country at the business scene. Right? So having uh, having office here is very important. Yeah, that's why uh, I got GNS on geo 40s office in Shibuya. Mm. Uh, yeah, this Shibuya location is closer to uh, New Zealand Embassy and also my house as well. So this is very <laughs> ideal phrase. Clever. <laughs> very clever. <laughs> and every time uh, I invite, I got uh, visitors from New Zealand, uh, GNS and G40, uh, I always invite our uh, my colleagues to my office and that makes them comfortable, mm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And they can work at my office, mm-hmm. GNS and G40 office as yes. well. I think that makes a little bit a difference for... Uh, these visitors to work in this country. Having an office is really important for me, for me in yeah, that sense. Exactly. And the business
0: cards, you're right. I mean, in the yeah. last couple of weeks, I've met with people and they said, oh, it's not QR code, not digital business card. No, no, no. In Japan, please still bring a physical card. So even a meeting in the last uh, 48 hours, I have had, they had no cards with them, just on the iphone so that was fine but it takes time to find your camera to scan and so do please come with your business cards to japan like physical cards
1: yeah interesting
0: point here about the having your address on them though like that that is seen
1: as a way to build trust to show you a real company you do actually exist and that still having a physical location potentially in japan is valued as well yeah it's not something that a lot of people would know i think so yeah great nugget there and Mm. get it in shibuya near the new zealand embassy (laughs) that's very good thinking yeah and also we had that one from adam saying you know checking that your address is not blacklisted in some way making sure that it's hasn't been used for criminal activities in the past before you started renting it do you know that about your office space
0: that previous people who used the office were not naughty bad people, right? Oh. If it's someone like that, sometimes the uh, building gets a kind of bad mark, batsu, right? A bad mark. So when mm. you have to be careful about that because people check the address and find out it's ah, oh, it's okay. It's not blacklisted.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, mm. that's, that's important. And Japanese has some prejudice in the location. And if mm. um, a company's office is uh, located near Tokyo Station or Otemachi, uh, we feel that's uh, something a uh, big and established company. And uh, Shibuya, Shibuya is uh, sometimes called Bitbare for information technology companies. So if company is in Shibuya, that is something new and entre- entrepreneur, yeah. new, new and cool, right? So, Interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, it's always positive yeah. a positive and yeah. negative uh, mm. thing in the location, but, uh, so we should be careful.
0: That's why I always think the New Zealand embassy location is actually really great that it's in a kind of funky and fun area. It sort of reflects New Zealand quite well, but we're a little bit different.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great.
0: Yeah. Good nugget of information there. Thank you
1: for that. Totally. Any other things that you noticed, especially, I think, if you were working with a lot of different Kiwi businesses during your time at NZTE, did you notice any other themes or issues that would often come up with those businesses trying to enter into Japan, other than their lack of business cards or things? What did you notice as a Japanese person
2: working with those Kiwi businesses? Uh, probably I'm saying it's the same thing as before, but... Uh, New Zealand companies are trying to get outcome as quick as possible. That, of course, it is true because we want to have return as soon as possible. But Japanese is still a conservative uh, country and it's conservative society. And it takes time before uh, we can see the outcome. So... For QE companies, I want to say, uh, let's see more, a little bit longer uh, time and uh, let's have a plan and let's understand some time before we can have real success. And I'm aware uh, in New Zealand, uh, Maori company has longer uh, time. Term- for business, their business plans. And some Maori company has 100 years or 1,000 years of business plan. So I don't say uh, we take such a long period, but um, we can have something longer uh, hmm. period before we see the success. Did um, you see some the, yeah.
1: pattern in that? Like, for example, New Zealand has wanted one, in one year I want to get my money back. And, or see some success, whereas it took five years, or did you see any pattern in the, the length um,
2: of time? I, I think um, uh, longer New Zealand company is in this country. They have success. Like um, uh, we mm-hmm. can name uh, these companies, right? Like Fonterra, Banzuko, or recently Mills, yes. Yeah, they are doing very good uh, yeah. in this country, I think. So uh, it's not only New Zealand company, even Japanese or, I should say, American companies are, are looking for some wins with a short period of time. Mm. But uh, since New Zealand has a good culture, so um, let's do uh, the job until we win this country. All the successful New Zealand companies are in this country for longer longer time, longer mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I do hope my uh, employees, GNS and geo 40 and other Agiosan companies in New Zealand can have such uh, such view. Mm-hmm. And I believe mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. That's great.
0: Mm. And how about future? Are you seeing any trends in Japan that you think could be quite useful for New Zealanders to think about it might be in your area geothermal, it might be something that you're seeing in Japan, that could be a good opportunity Mm. uh, or a good trend for New Zealanders to be involved in.
2: Yeah, I think apparently um, sustainable or green something is a good trend. Um, uh, in Japan as, as well this is global trend but uh, Japan especially um, even uh, manufacturers or uh, even IT companies are looking for uh, sustainable or green things so if New Zealand companies can uh, make the story uh, with this sustainability I think that can be a key for success uh, in this country I believe this is my personal opinion
1: Very good. Anything you want to ask us? Anything you want to ask some New Zealanders in Japan?
2: Yeah, my question for you is, is New Zealanders also uh, having a community? You guys, uh, Jane and Kathleen, are working together as both QE's, right? And are you having a New Zealand community uh, since I was in New Zealand for 36 days, and uh, I was trying to find Japanese community. And mm. if I find uh, Japanese, for example, in Taupo, Taupo is a very small country mm. uh, place, and mm. found a Japanese working there, I was very happy to speak then in yeah, Japanese. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. QE also has such community and such a f- experience to find Kiwis in Japan. Good question. Um, I think it depends
1: what you're doing. So for example, I don't have any New Zealanders in my same town here so much. Maybe one, maybe two. Uh, But online, I can meet many New Zealanders through different activities. For example, Mm. Kiwi Mums Facebook group. We are all mothers who are, we have Japanese husbands, but we live in Japan many of us and we have children so we have a kind of online community but we can't meet each other very much and i think that's something we're trying to achieve with this podcast isn't it catherine is to Mm. make this a community for new zealanders they can hear other new zealanders speaking to each other about japan about things we care about and they can get to know each other a little and hopefully in the future we'll have more opportunities for people to come together in real life and they'll know each other a little bit more because they had a chance to listen on this show and work together, collaborate, create more bridges between Japan and New Zealand, just like you are doing as well, Yoshifumi. And mm. also that group is not only for New Zealanders, but also for Japanese people who love New Zealand too. So we think it's, it's something that is, yeah, maybe could do with some work. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. maybe bring those small groups together in a bigger group that, you know, Catherine, you're a member of some groups too, aren't you, that are sort of New Zealand-based, but they're not necessarily connected?
0: Not necessarily connected, indeed. That's the point, is they're quite mm distributed and not always talking to each other siloed perhaps so bringing them together through this podcast is is really as jane just said our one of our aims to make a community kiwis come here and get on with just their business or doing what their their activity is if it's teaching or if it's in another kind of company they don't always think of themselves as a new zealand group but we think there's a lot of magic that can happen within the group And often, you know, if you have the New Zealand Embassy have a Waitangi day or Matariki, uh, I think coming up, where New Zealanders come together and Japanese who have been in New Zealand and you find there's a lot of people here who are in the community, but don't come together as a community. So we hope to be one of the uh, magnets for the New Zealanders in the community and Japanese who love New Zealand and bring them together through this podcast.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. What I understand is while QE looks quite independent, but uh, yeah, sometimes UI is also getting some community and getting together Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I understand uh, these communities can enhance or support our strengths and capability. And uh, they cheer up what we are trying to do. And for Mm -hmm. having having success, in uh, the other country, uh, I think can support from uh, people who understand uh, the same culture and uh, language culture uh, can be a good um, uh, segue for having a success.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to say or something that you thought we might ask you and we didn't ask you that you wanted to share with us? Tell us.
2: Yeah, uh, only one thing, Um, Mm. probably I should say I'm sharing my personal opinion uh, here, and uh, I'm not representing (laughs) g science, especially. We uh, totally understand. Thank you. thank you very much.
1: (laughs) It's been lovely to get to know you today. And thank you for telling us all about how great New Zealand geothermal industry is. We had no idea. Yeah. Very interested to learn more about this and see how this goes between New Zealand and Japan in the future. It's a great chance for growth for both countries I feel right Catherine yep. yes Fantastic. totally
0: and thank you so much for all you're doing and being so mm. passionate you're obviously a bridge you can, we can see from your face that you are really enjoying this and we just want to congratulate you for taking the plunge for saying yes to working with the companies you're with and being that bridge and being an amazing jandal in Japan congratulations mm. thank you so much for coming today
2: thank you very much thank you and stay tuned until we success (laughs) (laughs) we will thank you thank you
1: wow what a gold mine of information about geothermal energy that's not quite the right analogy to use there maybe it's like new analogies geothermal (laughs) energy new zealand leading the way how awesome is that
0: a geyser of information baby yeah frothing over wow amazing i loved it and i really sort of one of the big points was just don't rush it right that he was was talking about don't try and be in set up quickly try and get a quick outcome turn around as quick as possible Mm. take your time
1: and even he as a japanese person is struggling with that like he's like i want my success you know i want it to happen but i know i have to wait and <laughs> yeah that's, that's what it is yeah mm. even japanese people feel this stress too right they want to yeah. have success yeah Take time. just a little bit more with the being able to be patient right that we be that patient. muscle that we potentially don't have as new zealanders yeah. because we haven't learned it so much <laughs> growing up right
0: i think people are getting the hang of it now that it takes a little bit of time at the front end to get things in place but because Jap- Japanese are very attuned into detail. Hmm. But once you've done that and you get over that over that wall, shall we say, you're hmm. set up pretty well. Sky's but it was interesting yep. too, yes, indeed, that he was wanting to get going and get going and get going. He's obviously very passionate about mm, this particular enthusiastic. area. Yeah. Very exciting.
1: Loved his very actionable things about how to get, a good office space and to make that a priority don't just have a hot desk if you can afford an office get an office get it in a good place and be aware of what that address is going to say about your business depending on where you get your office right
0: exactly and obviously choosing a great location as he has it's easy for people to get to off the train Mm around the circuit the yamanote line it's also really easy to get up to the embassy perfect decision on the location mm-hmm. and it, it made bonus. me think too when people look at my business card jane they always remark about the address they do I i've heard them it. saying I that they're looking yeah. at my address but they're actually realizing oh you are based here oh this is where you are and putting you in the oh that's kind of genuine box which mm. is good to know yeah, right.
1: I, I've heard them saying that to you all the time, but never clicked really or put thought the about it. dots together. Oh, that's what they're doing. They are categorizing you. You're in this area of town. You must be the real deal. It's good. Not in certain dodgy areas of Tokyo, which you want to avoid,
0: right? I yeah. also think uh, Yoshifumi had a great idea there about Japanese language and not just forcing yourself to try and learn Japanese to come into Japan or be an English speaker proficiently the idea is to communicate across culture and as human beings you'll Mm. find a way so i thought that was also a great tip Mm. as well yeah it's very important to invest in language and i think long term being here language capability is is really Mm. important but at the outset that's not the first thing to be thinking about coming into japan maybe you learn a few phrases but you don't worry too much about that you don't need to know the history of japan but be able to understand the other person listen to them and communicate as people to people i think that was one of his main tips mm, yeah and
1: then ask them to teach you and they would love to teach you a few phrases <laughs> i'm sure what do i say here what was yeah. that you just said can you t- can you teach me that thank you so much you've just made a wonderful connection with that person who taught you or, Itadakimasu, or whatever the mm. phrases yeah
0: so it's, a, it's an opportunity back- yeah and going back to the very beginning, he talked about um, wanting this particular business in geothermal to be sustainable. And that was his foresight into the trend that he saw coming too, mm. you know, around mm. green Nantoka, green something and sustainable business um, as, a, as a trend to look out for. So some really fantastic tips there today. Mm. Yes, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: We have more wonderful jandals coming soon. See you on the next one.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out our guests' links in the show notes.
1: This podcast is brought to you today by Catherine O'Connell Law and Pod Launch with Jane. If you have a great story you think should be on the show, come and find us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. See you next
0: time.